0: So the past couple of weeks um, have been, we've been working through a sermon series called Hospitality, the Hospitality of God. And last week, I chose to take the hospitality of my extended family and go off to a family retreat or a family reunion. Retreat's the wrong word. I quickly discovered that when you gather uh, friends and family, cousins, all of that together, and then there's this stack of kids, and all you have to do is look a couple of kids in the eyes, give them a little bit of time, and then they assume that you are theirs for the rest of the week. Um, and I did not know how to dial that back. I did not know how to say, time out, I'm done, I'm exhausted, can I put my feet up? I haven't learned that technique yet. Um, some of you parents out there have probably mastered that somehow to be like, no, we're done now, you go play with rocks. Um. I don't know why. Yeah, rocks. Well, actually, we played with a lot of rocks. So we were out camping and we were building up dams. And so, just quick little anecdote. My dad and my mom, they like to rest in different ways. Mom and dad, this is for you. I know you watch. Um, So one of the things that my mom does is she gets into conversations. So she's chatting with the people that are walking by, having these conversations. We've got our feet up and they're talking. And my dad just quietly has found his way into the river. He's like knee deep in the river. And he's slowly moving rocks, building a dam so that the kids can like play in it. And that's How the two of them found their rest, one having conversations with strangers even, or the other building up dams, playing with rocks in the river. Um, I live somewhere between the two of those. Um, So also for the past couple of weeks, I've been wrestling with with attention, kind of the the chicken and the egg paradox of what comes first. and not specifically the chicken and the egg question, because uh, the answer to that question is obvious. What I'm pondering is in regards to the topic of hospitality and community, specifically around the areas of our energy and our sacrifice or our service. What comes first? Like, is it the rest or is it the activity? Is it ready or not, here I come, and then you just dive in and you got to go for it with hospitality weather, and then at the end of it, you're like, I'm tired, fatigued, I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out, I can't keep this up, or do you go, you know what, let's count to 10. No, let's count to 100. How about we count for two weeks check back with me later. We're just gonna extend this for as long as we can and then never actually get into that place of service and hospitality because it's tiring, isn't it? And so one of the things that I want us to wrestle through is that tension. And as I was reflecting on it, I really felt that the Lord put it on my heart to just, to simply share that we need to kind of go back to the beginning, So for the past five weeks, we've been going on this journey, but we need to go back to the beginning. And in the beginning was when we were looking and reflecting on the story of God in creation. And in that creation story, there was that invitation for God to rest with his people, to walk with them first. And I felt like the Lord was just saying, Trent, if if the people of God only do hospitality out of a sense of obligation, out of a sense of duty. It will become religious hospitality. It will become slavish. It will become a burden. And that is not how I created my community and my people to be. It needs to be a graced hospitality, a hospitality that lives in the tension but also comes from a different place. Um, Let me read, or not me read, let me pray and then I'd like to just do a quick review and then get into our topic for today. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us. We come before you now as your people. We come before you. We've had all sorts of different weeks. We've had busy weeks out at camps. We've had time with family. We've been on vacation. We've perhaps been bored out of our minds and just video gaming all day and all evening. We've been overheated um, in the hot weather. Or we've accidentally turned on the air conditioning and couldn't turn it off and froze. Lord, we've been all over the place, but we're here today, here right now, and we ask for your mercy and your grace. We ask for you to meet with us in this moment as individuals and as a family. Lord, I ask that you would uh, draw my mind and my thoughts into the direction that you're calling us to go, that you would help me be mindful of your text and that, Lord, together we could come under your scripture and be transformed by it. In your name, amen. So my guess is that you feel that tension as well. Um, what comes first, stepping out in faith or stepping back into rest and renewal, right? We have that sense, that pull, the, and we don't really know what to go, where to go with that. Now, you might be reflecting on that question or you might be reflecting on the fact that I, I said that the chicken and the egg was, had an easy answer and then proceeded to not answer it. Well, if that's in your situation, I'm sorry about that. Um, But so week one, we took a reflection on that God was the first host. And that we need to take our cues about hospitality from God, not from culture. And then in week two, hospitality, we saw, is a critical link in a chain of pulling people up out of places of darkness. That that is a key factor. Hospitality and connectedness is a powerful and necessary tool for us to use for the healing of our nation, of our world. Week three, Christian hospitality comes at a cost. At the end of the day, it costs us something. But more than that, it cost Jesus everything. He paid the ultimate price for us. Hospitality requires Holy Spirit inspired courage because there is a cost, there is a weight, a burden for us to carry. Week four, which was last week, Pastor Tammy shared part of her testimony and got honest with us about the messiness of life in community, in church but that there is a greater and better thing that we need to continue on forward in. That with the messiness, it is still worth it. God created us to be in relationship. And this week, we are wrapping up our sermon series on this. But the call to be a community that seeks to make room for the other remains. These messages were primarily to point out and point to us the biblical principle that all Christians are called to work on. And Jesus exemplified the way of welcome better than anyone else. And he invites us to participate in that way of life and at the same time encountering him when we make room for the other. And this is good, but there is no secret that the past two years have played a toll on our capacity, our strength, And our endurance in the area of hospitality that is something that i too struggle with exercising those muscles of welcome and working with others and all of that is a challenge for us and we need to recapture that it requires the spiritual courage humility creativity intentionality we we did we got used to being cautious with others and hesitant when, it, when faced with the opportunity to reach out to others. That just is what happened. We didn't necessarily like it, but we did get used to it because that was all around us all the time. So today, I believe that we need to settle into the difference between a religious-minded hospitality, a, to push against that call to just go, 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 do, 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 versus a graced hospitality Where we find the energy from the Lord. But how do we do that? Where do we go? Um, And with that, I think that God has a good word for us today. Does that make sense to you? Do you guys feel that tension in your lives? Just kind of, yeah, I see a head nod. I see a couple, that's all I'm looking for is a couple of head nods. Am I the only one that's like, I feel too tired to invite people over, but I really feel like I should, but I want to, and I don't know how to do that. Mom, can you like facilitate something over there for us? Um, but we as a church, we can figure this out. And God has something good for us um, But it's a tension because Scripture is clear that we are called to be a people of hospitality in the way of Jesus. And that comes at a cost. There is a sacrifice for us. But it can't be slavery. We can't get lost in the the duty of it, the expectation of it to the point where we we resent it. We don't even want to do it. Or when we do it, we don't like doing it. We will never host with joy if we're exhausted. If your emotional tank is empty, where do you go? Um, What would have been a beautiful point of hospitality, yeah, it, it turns into something else. It turns into something dark and a burden. So, Where do we go? Let's go to Scripture. I'd like us to walk through several passages, actually. So we're going to start at the very beginning, and then we're going to take a look at a couple of other stories. I can't spend all the time I would love in each of those stories, um, but I would encourage you to take a look at them at different points in your life just to see what is the trajectory here? What can we take from this? How do we respond? So let's go back to Genesis, Genesis one 26 to 31. Um, I'm not necessarily going to read it all. And so, dear PowerPoint friend, I might say something like, let's jump to verse this. And so, if things don't work right up here, blame me. All right? Does that make sense? All right. So, reflection one, the gardener. Genesis 1, 26 to 31. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image The key verse that I want us to focus on today in that passage is the very last verse, the very last passage where it says, and there was evening and there was morning. It's easy for us to miss it, to not think about what's actually happening there. But in Jewish tradition and in Jewish culture, the day started in the evening, That's when the day started. The day started with breaking bread with your family and then going to bed. And we see that in this text. We see that very clearly every time it went through each and every day it was there was morning or there was evening and then there was morning. And there's a subtlety to it that I think is beautiful and an encouragement for us today. That when Jesus or when God had built everything and he created us that in some way our first experience as humans with God was rest and then his work and then the work that before anything it was sitting down at a table sharing a meal going to sleep what is beautiful about that is while they were sleeping while we sleep God is at work doing what God does, growing the plants, growing the trees, making the fruit available to wake up and have that ready for his people. Evening came first. The day started with rest. The day starts with sleeping and eating and letting God take care of the world. That is an encouragement for us. I, I sometimes wonder why we didn't decide to do, take that on into Western culture, why we didn't embrace that tradition. And then here's the other neat piece. On the sixth day, the next day was the Sabbath. And so in many respects, as humans were created, their next day with God Was a day of rest where God took a break from creation, saw that all was good, and He blessed that day. And so, so much of where our day starts and where our week starts within the Jewish tradition, at the very least, it starts with God. It starts with rest. It starts with Him renewing our soul. I think that's a beautiful picture and a great place for us to start. Let's jump ahead now to the second story. This is the story of the baker. First Kings nineteen three to nine. This is a this is after uh, the nation of Israel had been formed and there was conflict, and this is a classic. Story that where after Elijah has just done his powerful miracle of bringing down fire onto the altar and it's this huge display of the authority of God and a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, we heard a, uh, heard preached on this, um, but after all of that, it says this that Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Have any of you been there before? I've kind of been there before. Lord, I, I'm, I, I don't even have words. Just be done. Like, let's like end this. He says, I have had enough, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid out under the bush and fell asleep. At once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate, drank, probably grumbled, and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the Mount of God, the Mountain of God, where he went into a cave and spent the night. I love that picture. Oh, we'll finish it off. Um, And then the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? So we have that little picture. We have Elijah who is spent. He is exhausted. And in his exhaustion, he's depleted. And he's got this dark, brooding, self-loathing space that's like all mixing up in his head and his life. And along comes this divine angel who kicks him and says, Wake up, idiot. Idiot. Get on with your life. Get going. Why are you such a sad case? No, that doesn't happen. We have this angel baker that shows up and says, I, I baked you something tasty. Eat it. Here, have a glass of water. And it's this beautiful, lovely picture of the nurture and care of God, the acknowledgement and recognition of why food and drink and rest are critical to the life of faith and ministry. It's a great picture. God provides a baker. God tends to his exhaustion, not once, but twice. So we have that vignette, that picture. Let's go to the third picture. You've already heard it read, but let's read it again. The Lord is my shepherd, Overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. First comes, when we see in the text, first comes the shepherd, then comes provision. First comes God making him lie down in green pastures and then restoring his soul. We have that picture of my cup overflows. I love that picture. I, I think it's a, a perfect illustration of the longing and desire in our hearts to be filled all the way up, where there's that isn't that sense of being drained and fully fatigued, but your your joy is overflowing because the Lord has poured into you. It's a great picture for us today. As we wrestle with the call to be a people of hospitality, that we have this picture guiding us. And then I'd like to bring all of this together with the fourth reflection, and this is Jesus and the disciples. Um, This is found in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 46. So the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that had been done and taught. Then, because so many were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw him uh, saw them leaving, recognized them, and ran on foot from one town from all the towns, and then they gathered all ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Um, the day continues on; it gets late. They get hungry. Many of us know that story. And then the disciples say, what are we gonna do? And, he, and Jesus says, feed them. And they're like, feed them with what? And we know that the story goes that they gather the fish and the loaves. They gather, gather the fish and the loaves together and then this is what Jesus does. Jesus, this is in verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the, lo- the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. So what happens in this story? We have Jesus gathering with his disciples, right? And then they're sharing their stories. So just previously in the the text, they had been sent off on on missionary work and they had been working, they had been experiencing the hospitality of other people because they didn't come with anything. So they just went and they have stories to share and they're excited, but they're exhausted. And Jesus sees that. He's attentive to that. He recognizes it. And so what is Jesus's intention in this moment? Let's get away to a quiet place and get some rest. We see Jesus demonstrating the heart of God to provide us, to provide his disciples with that retreat with him. To guide us towards Sabbath rest. Like in the garden, first comes the walks with God. But then what happens Right? What happens in the story? Life interrupts their attempt at a retreat. Can I get an amen to that? How many of you have like had everything ready, you've set it all up, you've carved out this perfect hour of time where you're going to put your feet up and read that book, and then somebody or something crashes into your world and interrupts that, and it just... It's hard. And you don't know what to do about it. You're not sure how to do it. Well, Jesus sees this interruption, and Jesus, led by his compassion, led by his love, is motivated and says, you know what? We've got to take care of this crowd. We've got to take care. We, we, we can't just ignore them. And so Jesus, in his compassion on the people, begins to teach them. The day progresses, the people have a need of food and Jesus sends his angels, sends his messengers to distribute food to the hungry people. He sends his disciples off to serve and give and they're giving and giving and giving. Now you remember, they're already exhausted. They're already spent. They're already struggling with the fatigue that's likely come from their journey. But they're giving and serving all of this. I just picture that i was like this like never-ending baskets of like olive garden breadsticks or like even better like the you know the at red lobster how many of you have ever been to that restaurant where they've got like the cheese bun oh they're so wrong they're so bad so bad for you (laughs) um and we have this experience of jesus caring for the crowd and it's like bottomless, and it doesn't end. Everybody has their fill, and there's still some left over. So Jesus is sending his angels out to serve the crowds and provide and care for them. But Jesus, in his compassion, sees that these are people, sheep without a shepherd. And so he cares. He steps into that space and he provides. And there is that overflow. It's not just barely making it. There's more than enough for all the people. And symbolically, there's enough for all of the tribes of Israel that God has done a great work. Twelve baskets full. This is an amazing overflow. But what I do like is that after This interruption, right? Jesus had a plan to get away with his disciples. He's interrupted by this hungry, needy crowd, so he hits time out on that, serves them, but eventually he still sends them off and he retreats himself. He says, Okay, crowd, be dispersed, time to go, we've had a great time. Disciples, can you get in a boat and just go on ahead? Now, I'm exhausted. I need to retreat with my father before I do anything else. And Jesus goes up on the mountainside to spend time in prayer with the father. So we have this whole story where Jesus plays out for us a rhythm of give and rest, a rhythm of service and sacrifice on one side, but also rest and renewal. And we can see that he walks through that tension as only Jesus can, flawlessly. So, chicken or the egg? Let's break the rules and say it depends. And then you say, Pastor Trent, that's a cop-out. How dare you? Um, But it depends. At the end of it, though, truly, we see that Jesus first retreats with the Father. We don't see that expressed directly in this story, but the trajectory of Scripture that I I hope I've even just painted small pictures for you, that from the very beginning, it is an act of rest before an act of work. That it's a choice, a decision to rest with the father. That when Jesus started his ministry, the first thing he did was accept the blessing of the father and then go retreat. Now that retreat sounded exhausting when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. I won't get into all of the details about that. But at the very least, we see that he chose to be away and be with God. We live a life constantly in the tension of the work and rest, rest. That we're pulled in both of those directions. And when it comes to our call for hospitality, it's the same thing. So what did Jesus do and what do we do in this situation? What is the call for you as an individual today? Is it time to take a deep breath and get out there and go is it time to suspend your desire for rest and go love the crowd? Is that the call on your life right now? Or do you need to stop, retreat, encounter God's divine refreshing? Do you need to experience God first as the host before you can go and show hospitality, right? Do you, both of these require a point of surrender, however, one of these are not easy options. One of them is a surrender of pride that you've got it all figured out, a surrender of, I, "I can do this, I can keep going, I can keep fighting. I don't have to stop. I'm strong enough." One of them is that surrender of saying, "I, I actually can't. I have to surrender. I have to let go. I am exhausted. I need to rest." So we have that invitation to surrender our pride, and to ask God again, God, fill me to overflowing with your love. I don't know how to love my neighbor. I barely know how to love myself. I'm exhausted, and it makes me grumpy. It makes me frustrated. It makes me not be the person I wanna be. I wanna be a person of hospitality, but I'm tired. Please renew and refresh my soul. That's a point of surrender, That's not easy to do, but the invitation is good and our God cares. He invites you to surrender your pride and to ask God to fill you up to overflowing. Of course, there's also the surrender of our selfishness, our laziness. It's easy for us to build a narrative of, I I just need one more day. I'm just not quite strong enough. I'm just not quite healed up enough. I'm not quite ready. Maybe next week, maybe next year, maybe never. It's too much. For some of you, God is calling you to surrender your selfishness and your laziness and get on with loving other people and knowing that it's hard, knowing that it's a sacrifice, knowing that there's a cost, but also knowing that that's what we need to do. So God in his grace is ready to respond and hear both of those requests. So chicken or the egg, capacity versus selflessness, energy versus sacrifice, retreat versus hospitality. I think the invitation is both. I think our community is situated where there's some of us that feel the need for the retreat. Even though in some ways, on a hospitality level, we've been retreating for two years. You need to still give yourself permission to say, I'm still exhausted. I really need you to fill up my cup, Lord. I hate that that's the case, but I I need you. I need you to fill me up because I'm exhausted. Some of you have been just cruising through this rhythm of life over the past couple of years and it's become easy and you feel this push to go and love and serve but it's hard and you just don't want to my invitation for you there is god desires that for you to get up and serve and love others in a new way but the grace of god is vast he is kind and he is good in philippians it says do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to the Lord. And the God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then in G, and in Matthew it says Jesus says, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. And then His brother James says in the book of James, you do not have because you do not ask. Or you can put that into like a positive frame or a positive spin. Um, If you had asked, God would have acted to meet your need. Um, So I'm not sure where in that point of tension you land but I think there's one, there's one response that I would ask that none of us make, and it's don't leave here asking for nothing. Don't, don't leave here asking for nothing. To leave here asking for God's renewal, his rest, his rejuvenation, or his courage and his empathy and compassion to get up and go, but to ask for neither of those things, don't. Do that. Don't do that for yourselves and for your family. Make a decision to ask for one of those things. And maybe the Lord is whispering to you right now that this week, this season is a season for A or B. But in both of those, are, we, we need both of those to be a people of hospitality. I can't tell you where, you're, where you live in that, but, but God is speaking to us. I truly believe that God is like knocking on some of our hearts saying, yeah, I need to take action in one of these areas. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Um, and I want us to be able to sing in response to some of, into, into this invitation. And we had talked about doing the river. Um, but I, had, I really also, the Come As You Are song really stood out to me as well. So why don't we start with come as you are and see where we go from there. Um, my invitation to you is simple. You don't have to get out of your seats uh, if that feels uncomfortable. But for some of you, you might feel like, you know what, Lord? You're asking me right now to be a person of, of rest and I need to make a decision to rest In your presence and i choose to do that by going to the altar falling to my knees and saying i'm too tired to stand on my own right now would you please be with me in that space or also lord this chair is really comfy and i'd prefer to just sit in it today and tomorrow and forever and not get up not serve not create a hospitable environment for me to welcome others in that might be your call today. To get up and pray uh, in the front. I'm not saying you need to do that, but that might be a great action or a great response. Or you might just want to do that as you sing where you're seated, seated or where you're standing. Let me pray, and then we're going to sing. Heavenly Father, you invite all of us. That's the beauty of who you are, that there's, there's room for our specific needs, that you have an ear to your kids and that you care. And Lord, for half the congregation that is exhausted and frustrated that they're exhausted and wish that wasn't the case, but they they can't shake the reality that they just... They need you, God, to just fill their lives up with your presence, with your Holy Spirit. They can't do it on their own. They don't know how, and we never can. But Lord, we need new energy, and that energy comes just from you. Lord, I pray that if you're speaking to those hearts, that you would encourage them to say yes and surrender their pride and ask again and ask again and again Lord, teach us to be a people who never stop asking to be filled by you. It's not a one-and-done reality when it's a relationship with you, Jesus. Over and over again, we get tired and we need you to renew our hearts. And there's, and Lord, there's the, the rest of the crew that is ready, but afraid. Desiring to take a step of faith into acts of care and compassion for others, acts of hospitality to their own friends, to their own family. But laziness constantly knocks at the door. Apathy continues to say, This is better. Lord, you're stirring in their hearts. And Lord, I would ask that you would just create in them a willingness to surrender to you and ask for your compassion your care, your eyes for the crowd who see people that don't have the shepherd so that we can go and introduce them to the shepherd. Jesus, we love you and we say yes to all of the different ways you desire to take care of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us? and?